With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Major trade that just happened in this draft. Major. Uh, is AJ Brown on the on the on the trade block? As long as I'm the coach here, I would I would want to have AJ Brown on my football team. The Rich Eisen Show. He's still coaching Tennessee Titans, and AJ Brown is on the Philadelphia Eagles. Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. Earlier on the show, Jets general manager Joe Douglas. Cardinals general manager Steve Keim. Still to come. Eagles general manager Howie Roseman. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, will be joining us in the middle of this hour to kind of spin everything forward. Um, We're still uh, reviewing the 262 Draft selections at the NFL Draft, fresh back from Las Vegas, Nevada. We had general managers of both the Jets and Joe Douglas and Arizona Cardinals uh, of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Steve Kime was on this program. Uh, but before we go to our phone lines and welcome in Howie Roseman of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I just want to hit the Wayback Machine a little bit, Chris, and everybody else. Hit back. Uh, at the Combine. In March, remember uh, we had our, our friend, friend of the program, and uh, I'm a friend of his program, Gio the Podcaster, Giovanni the Podcaster. We had him on during the combine in the booth, and he's a diehard Eagles fan. And this was what he said when I brought up the name of our next guest. Well, I mean, Howie Roseman might be listening right now. Yeah, Gio. So, what would you tell him if he was listening to you right now about your Eagles? Uh, wide receivers and linebackers. Please, Howie, for the love of God, oh. get us some linebackers. For the love of God. For the love of God. Now, uh, if I had told him, hey, how would A.J. Brown and N'Kobe Dean oh suit you? It would suit, and it is suiting the Philadelphia Eagles and the aforementioned Howie Roseman here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line from the Philadelphia Eagles here on the Rich Hassett Show. How you doing, Howie? How we doing, Rich? What's going on? <laughs> I think you made Gio very happy. For our fans. I think anything you, for our fans. I think you yeah. made Gio very happy, right? <laughs> well, well, I did. <laughs> I did tell Gio. I said, I, I said, I appreciate everything, but you know, he came up to me and he had a jersey on of one of our former players, and I'm like, right. I buy you a new jersey at least, dude. You know, like, <laughs> can we get you a current jersey. So I'm hoping 
that now I can get him a new jersey that he can rock. Maybe you know? so. Like, get back to rocking like you know someone who plays for the Eagles. On Maybe that will be more helpful uh, to the whole cause, no doubt about that. Uh, let me just jump in uh, and start with A.J. Brown with you because we had Mike Vrabel on this program just uh, two, three weeks ago and asked him about any rumors about A.J. Brown, and he's like, as long as I'm a coach, he's going to be here, and he's still a coach, and now he's playing for your team. When did he show up on your radar screen, Howie? Well, it's hard not to be aware of A.J. Brown and what kind of player he is and the difference that he makes. Um, you know, it's, it's, you just watch him in the playoffs. You watch him um, every game, really, since he's played in the National Football League and the guy's a difference maker. And I just think, um, you know, it was something that had to work for both sides and uh, for where we were and uh, where Tennessee is. Um, I'm appreciative of J-Rob and Coach Rabel, and um, I think it was a win-win situation um, where they were able to get – um, picks, uh, cost control picks, and you know we're in a situation with a young quarterback on a rookie deal that we were able to kind of uh, take a swing here at a great player. So uh, did that happen day before draft, weeks before? Like, can you walk me through the timeline? Yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, as you get closer to the draft, you know, conversations get more serious because of the deadline of of, of the draft, and um, especially when you're talking about first round picks and being able to use them that year and improve your team as opposed to you know going forward, and so. Um, you know, came together pretty quickly in the 24 hours before the draft, and then um, we had a balance kind of um, being on the clock with our other pick and and uh, being aware that uh, at the 18th pick, if if we weren't finished with our deal, obviously that wouldn't work for us or uh, the Titans. And so, trying to finish a deal with with AJ's representatives, Tor Dandy, who's unbelievable and long time uh, relationship with him and Jimmy Sexton and. Um, and those guys at CAA, and so um, that's what we were were doing, and we made the trade for Jordan, and then got back on the phone and uh, closed the deal with with AJ, and then um, we're on the clock at 18, able to announce it to to really even even people in the building for the first time because there's so much going on, and you didn't want to like have this tease, hey, we may get AJ Brown, and um, you know, so we we really, uh, when we were on the clock, was the first time, I think, that we're able even to exhale and tell everyone here. So it, it was kind of cool. Well, kinda I think cool. it, it, it is, it's also, um, you know, kind of cool in terms of uh, from someone in my position observing this, where the conversation you hear about what's potentially going on with Debo in San Francisco, DK Metcalf in Seattle, and A.J. Brown, formerly of Tennessee, three years in the league, wanting to get paid similar to, say, what Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, who have more time in the league, would be paid. And Tennessee, uh, despite knowing the player and the coach loving the player, decides uh, we prefer to trade and then draft on the spot his replacement, who's his exact comp, according to my guy Daniel Jeremiah. And you're my like guy, DJ. Yeah. He's our guy. Right? He's our guy, right? Our guy. And and so, but you're like, you know what? We'll trade the first a first round selection for him and pay him. Why did you you why are you do you feel comfortable about doing something? like that howie well because we it's the known factor like we know who aj brown is we know who he is in the national football league and no matter how confident you are about players in the draft there's still the unknown factor you know you're you're changing schemes you're changing location you're putting money in their pocket and i'm not saying that to be critical of anyone in this sure. draft you know i'm just saying that's the reality of it i mean you look back at the history of the first round of the draft and you know four of ten guys end up not playing well and you know um i think it's it's really two of ten of them you got a 20 percent chance of hitting on a pro bowl player and so 
I think um, because of the amount uh, of high picks that we've had, we have coming up. You know, we felt like this was a guy that that fit for us. You know, the situation made sense for us. You know, and certainly not talking about anyone else, just us. You know, it was a compliment to what we had um, in the building, in the room, and um, we felt from an offensive perspective he was almost like a, a missing piece there because of his skill set. And adding him in and the known quality that and commodity that he is is different than taking a guy, you know, um, and, and plugging him in and saying, yeah, like this guy can be this. Well, we know who he is. And uh, your quarterback clearly was very happy. I mean, we saw the, the snippet of his FaceTime with AJ, uh, with AJ Brown, them just like laughing uh, about their yeah, good they're, fortune. They're, they're good friends. Yeah, they're they know friends. each other. They're they're tight. So, would you say that now that you've got him and the running game has been so clearly established by your now second year head coach, and and you got the Heisman Trophy winner in last year's draft, that things are set up to properly, in your mind, evaluate Jalen Hurts for the long haul? in Philly? Well, let's not forget some of the other guys that we got on offense, too. You know, mm-hmm. we think we have a, a, a tight end that has a chance to be a great player in this Dallas. league as well, and we have some other young receivers that we're really high on, and um, our offensive line is Lynchman. How about how about freaking Jason Kelsey's reaction? That was awesome. Someone sent that to me like 1230. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how awesome is Jason Kelsey? Did you see that, Rich? I did. He is the best. Uh, I do love him. freaking cool. Um, I, but I think at the end of the day, you know, like um, – and Jalen's a young player with tremendous ability and tremendous work ethic, and um, we're going to do whatever we can to surround him and put him in a position to be successful. And um, you know, it's exciting. You know, we're not we're not. You always feel like coming out of the draft that there are positions that you got to fill, and you're continuing to try to look at those guys. But um, certainly, feel like we're we're better than we were when we left the field in Tampa. Um, you know, it's certainly humbling in the playoffs. So, uh, what happens in 2022 definitely informs what you're going to do going into next year's draft at the quarterback position, or not, Howie? Would you say? You know what, Rich? I feel like you know, in our minds, we're we're focused on the here and now and making mm-hmm. sure that we do the right things. We have a lot of confidence in Jalen. We're hoping he's our quarterback for a long time. So, I, you know, when we look at these decisions, we're looking that at them um, certainly not in a vacuum. But when we got the extra first round pick, we felt like it was it was a smart bet to make based on trying to balance some of the assets this year and next year and um, certainly feeling like we had a good sense of what will be available in this draft and not having a great sense next year but some of that makes makes it appealing you know not knowing exactly what's going to come out and the unknown also gives you hope but you know I think our goal is uh, to surround Jalen and make sure he's got the best possible chance uh, of doing what he's done wherever he's been and that's winning. Executive VP and general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles Howie Roseman here the day after uh, the draft Weekend went down in Las Vegas, Nevada, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, the general sense that Jordan Davis is a Ravens type of player, did that cause you to go jump the line and go grab him and make sure that, that he was an Eagles type of player as well, Howie? Well, uh, so much respect for the Ravens organization, Eric DeCaza, Ozzie Newsome, obviously, um, and Coach Harbaugh. I think for us, it was more about uh, how important we felt he was to our team building. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, we've always been about the O line and D line here, and uh, we feel like he's a unique player uh, with unique personality in person. And, and, you know, I hear a lot about, well, he can get better at this, but I finished in the top 10 in the Heisman voting. He was out when trophy winner, winner and of the best defense in the country. And so uh, he was a pretty productive player. I'm really excited to get Jordan and. 
Uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, where we were picking, we just wanted to make sure he was on our team, and I'm sure you know, the Ravens are really excited about Kyle. Of course. He's a great player in his own right, but we felt it was the right thing for our, our football team. To go up there and get, grab him and make sure he – Yeah, you'd... make sure we got him. Just like last year, we wanted to make sure we got Devontae. We wanted to make sure that we got him. We thought it was important. And then, you know, um, what's your sense of N'Kobe Dean's health? Because, my gosh – is that guy one of the quickest players I've ever seen? He's also brilliant. Um, he's he's a smart, smart player, a smart person, a good dude. And the fact that great you, dude, he's, it really. Dude. I mean, like I, I I I love everything about him. And the fact that you got him when you got him was just shocking to me. Um, why did you know what 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 is going on with him? Um, well, it's, it's funny, Rich, because a lot of times, you know, you go into the draft and based on what your doctors tell you and, and you know, the teams in this league, uh, the doctors share information. You know, they don't they, they don't change information based on it, but they share information. And um, I, I would say, like, if you would have told me, you know, Thursday or, you know, before the draft, um, pick a player who's going to drop because of medical, I would not have picked the Kobe Dean based on the information we had. So. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think when we were sitting there in the second round, it was kind of like, all right, you know, this is a linebacker who who dropped a little bit, um, maybe because he didn't test. And, you know, obviously he played in the SEC, so he had some bumps and bruises. But um, when we were sitting there in the, at 51, we were considering picking him. And um, um, our fans would probably say, maybe Gio would probably say, um, out of stubbornness, <laughs> I'd say more, more from a team-building perspective, you know, if the, the tie goes to the O-line, the D-line, you know, that's how it rolls. Um, and that's how it's rolled, really, since I came into the league with Coach Reed, and that's kind of how I was raised in this profession. And so we took Cam, and um, that was a hard call. I mean, we we were not unanimous in that. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I just felt like keep the main thing the main thing, keep the, get the offensive lineman, and we took him. And then, you know, you kind of go, all right, I lost that next player. And then, you know, as I'm a little superstitious, so it wasn't like, you know, five picks later we're going out, maybe we get into Kobe. But when we got within around 10 or 15 picks, I just started, you know, calling calling our doctors, and they were in another room and bringing them in, and are we missing anything? Because it sounds like, a, you know, there's something going on here. And, and um, they said, hey, nothing's changed, you know. Um, you draft him, we think he'll be on the field in rookie minicamp, and um, we're good with him. And so, um, man, there was a lot of juice getting to Kobe Dean. You know, that was, that was fun. And um, I, I did see when you had Gio in there getting a little pub. For the love of God, <laughs> Howie. I mean, but he, he was he was probably speaking for Eagles everywhere, right? I, I get it. You know, I, I, I got home, and I got, I got three little boys, and they were like, Dad, you drafted Nicobe Dean. Like they were fired up. Like, you want, want, want me to be honest, Rich? I'm freaking fired up to have Nicobe Dean on this team. Let's go. You should, because he's so incredible and he's a leader. Like you could see, I think it was in the national championship game where he, where he was barking at one of the players, and and they just backed down right away. They're like, you know, my bad. You know, like he, he <laughs> he's yeah, that he's, he's that incredible, and and you don't need to wonder what he looks like behind Jordan Davis because you've seen it. I mean. It's unreal that you got the two of them together like that, Howie, you know, and I do like um, Jurgens as well. We've had him on this show, um, you know, and, and, and Philly fans do like their offensive lineman with a bit of flair. You mentioned Jason Kelsey already. I, I, he's got some nastiness to him as well, Howie. I like him. There's no doubt. He's explosive athlete and, you know, we're fortunate to have, um, you know, an unbelievable offensive line coach who always maximizes those guys and, 
you know, I think, um, and then you, you, you said it, you know, I think our, our scouting staff is really, really fired up uh, to have the opportunity to come back next year and, and have two first-round picks. And uh, I know when they get on the road, that's something that they enjoy and uh, just really fortunate to be surrounded by really good people, Rich, and, um, you know, get to talk to you, you know. I appreciate that. No, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're good. Good man, Howie. You gonna have your, your beef jerky with the uh, whiz wit or whiz without? How's that gonna work? Uh, I Howie? like it. I like it. Uh-huh. I, I like it. That's that's awesome. Did you see? Did you see? You know, he he did this little video like he was working out like on, on his cattle farm with cattle, and he was doing pass sets. Did you see this? Yeah. I did not see that. I did not see Why don't that. You go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com. That's P H I. You're a team player, Howie. You're a team player. You're you're a team player atop that organization. Okay, so now uh, what's next? What 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 uh, what does your world look like now? Well, you. you know, Coach Sirianni was was very very nice and decided to have rookie minicamp this week, and so um, <laughs> now we got to get settled for rookie minicamp and get these guys here. No rest for the weary, and um, you know, we uh, we got we got a lot on our plate to get that going, and and then we look at our depth chart and we kind of figure out what else uh, we need here uh, to get better, and then you know, I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles, we've lost some some great personnel people across the league the last couple of years. So um, our plate is full, Rich Eisen. Okay. Our plate is full. You know, it's not, I, I know like I get some, some members of my family. Oh, the draft's over. You, you go on vacation now? Yeah. Yeah. We go on vacation. No, we, vacation. July. Novacare Complex. One Novacare way. That's about 40. I know. There's like 48 hours in July you get off. That's it. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. But you know what? We get to do this for a living. Very fortunate. No doubt about that. Howie, uh, congrats on uh, on your wheeling and dealing and maneuvering and being done with yet another draft. And uh, look for my call uh, in the future. Thanks for the time. Always appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, man. All, All right, the best. Right back at you. See. That's Howie Roseman, everybody, the Philadelphia Eagles. Beef jerky. How much fun was beef jerky on this program when you yeah. called it? I was about Jurgis. to actually order some of that. Not now. I can't now. Oh, can't do it. He will really? not order the beef jerky. He he will he he liked the uh, he liked Thibodeau for like two seconds. That was my favorite part of the draft. Sam Prince, the the kid who was there with Make Witch and Kayvon Thibodeau, having that moment where they both lost their minds. I love that moment, even though I don't like the Giants, and that's the last time I'll ever cheer for Thibodeau for at least the you know. Let me let future. me sneak let me sneak in this call, Jake and uh, Jake and Phoenix. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jake? Hey, Rich. Welcome back. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. I have two things to say. First off, I am now in a position to where I can make a donation to St. Jude. Oh, and thank you. That is only because of you bringing that to the forefront. Appreciate so that. Thank you. Thank you. NFL.com slash run rich run for anybody who wants to join you, Jake and Phoenix. Appreciate that. The opportunity that you gave Sam switching seats is second to none. <laughs> and that's why you are the best. So thank you for allowing us to see that. I appreciate and that. I just wanted to, to to say thank you for that. Wow. That was amazing. Jake, thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate that. Um, and again, he's referring to Sam, who you're referring to, mm-hmm. TJ, um, where Sam Prince uh, from Make-A-Wish, he's a heart transplant uh, patient um, who got a new heart and is uh, he's post-transplant and doing well. Very well, um, it seems. Well, and he was so fired up, and he wants to be a sportscaster. So oh, he was he was out of his out of this world, and you could feel it through the the TV. That you could you could feel the energy and the love. Yeah, and it was all like I just 
it, it, there's no words to express like how happy you made that man when you switched seats. I appreciate that. Thanks for the call, Jake. I appreciate that. So he came by the set on Saturday. You might have missed this. He came by the set Saturday with his mom and his dad. Yeah. And how old is he? Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. And so he came by the set, and um, I was told he wants to be a sportscaster, and um, and he was sitting to my left, and the rest of the guys, Peter Schrager, Charles, and Daniel Jeremiah, to his left, and I just had this idea as we're sitting down because he struck me as uh, someone who would be able to handle this and i even said to him hey are you up for anything and the way he looked at me was the way i think he looked at the card when he read cave on thibodeau's name <laughs> off yeah he, he 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 the light was there it was on he's like absolutely he looked absolutely i'm up for it whatever <laughs> and i'm like okay so about two minutes into the interview and the conversation i said to him i'm like all right um how would you you said you want to be a sportscaster how about you host the rest of the segment and he took my chair and i took his yeah and I said to him, you know, can ask any of us a question and then we're going to show video of you reacting to that pick of Thibodeau from Thursday night. And then you could throw to break. Andy Reid's coming up next. And he not only he went down the row like he asked DJ a question. And I thought, OK, that's the only question he's going to ask. Then, then he went to Charles. Then he went to Peter. And then he asked me a question and his questions were great. Like he asked DJ, give me your uh, your your best day two pick. And he asked Charles Davis a question. He asked Peter Schrager uh, a question about uh, an, uh, an under-the-radar guy. He asked me the, the Michigan player not named Aiden Hutchinson who went to the best spot. <laughs> and then he threw it a break. And it was dynamite. So, yeah, I'm kind of looking at it right now. Yeah, it was it's great. The, the video's out there, and it was just great to meet him. And Like I said, his... Because watching him react, him and Kayvon have that moment, I'm like, that was me when I was a kid and I got to meet someone I really, not that he's a kid, he's 19, but you're still young, you're still a young man and you well, came through a lot. He's got a new lease on life. New lease on life, he had to deal with a lot, obviously, and yeah. just, man, it was it was great. It was he's great. a diehard Giant fan. That's and- the only issue, but other than that. But of all the teams I dislike... I dislike the Giants the least out of all of them. Okay. If that makes sense. Well, that's because they, so, you know, they, you know, they've kind of been um, down. Yeah, you're, like you're not, you're not threatened by them. Well, I mean, right I'm, you know, they are a threat. But like I said, I the other teams I really don't like. Mm-hmm. I can deal with the Giants. So let's take let's, <laughs> let's take a break. Let's take a break. <laughs> out of all the teams <laughs> who haven't been to the playoffs very much, just like mine. Oh, oh wow! Like yours, the Jets? No, no. I'm saying it like in like your yours. shoes. Oh, yours, yeah, your, your team, shoes. your shoes. Okay, your shoes. Because we went to the playoffs. Ian Rappaport. When we come back <laughs> right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Or not. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. 
it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, along with our Sirius XM Radio Network and also Odyssey app and also NBC Sports on Peacock, our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Please hit the subscribe button over 405,000 followers now on that, and we greatly appreciate it. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show, fresh back from Las Vegas, Nevada, is my colleague who is uh, killing it all week long with us in our draft coverage Ian Rappaport back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Rapsheet? Uh, I feel like I get hit by a truck, uh, and I do all the fun things in Vegas that people do, but I'm back, and let's go. It's amazing how sitting on your ass and thinking uh, for 72 straight hours that you're on television and what you're doing, how, uh, how actually mentally and physically debilitating that is. It really is amazing when you put it down that that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and what I did this year was I brought uh, the same thing I did last year, which was a Theragun, you know, like one of those percussion massagers just to make sure yes. I don't, my body doesn't collapse on me in day three, but I was too obsessed with getting booted off the show and having a bad stump to truck that I forgot to use my Theragun, so I was a mess in all sorts of ways. Yeah, did you see that uh, Did you see that stump the truck moment, Chris? Did you see that? I did not. For, you saw our, on our segment where everybody comes up with a name right. or of a small school player that uh, our truck does not have footage of, and that's very difficult to find because we've got the best in the business. Ian gave them the name of a player who went back to school. Um, and, um, and he then said it was, uh, Mike Garofolo gave you that bad information. Um, that correct. correct. Yep. And so then we, uh, Ed Marinaro to him off the show. We had somebody come and take him off the set. Very, it was very actually nice. a very funny moment. <laughs> very um, nice. Ian. Uh, and, and it was also ridiculous because, you know, we report a lot of things and God forbid something goes wrong or a player doesn't sign like he's supposed to, or, you know, something happens if I'm at the center of it, my phone blows up. And so I'm like literally walking around our suite again to make sure my body doesn't collapse. And my phone explodes and it's like, oh no, Ian, what happened? And I'm like, what could I possibly have done? Like, what literally could it be? And then it was like, you ruined stumped the truck. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh my God. Hashtag. Uh, Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's play the uh, why didn't fill in the blank get traded. Why didn't Debo okay. get traded? Why did Debo not get traded? Um, because the 49ers didn't want to, and because they didn't get an offer that forced them to. So it's interesting when, and you know, these trade offers don't always get made public. 
but once I knew, I don't know, like once I knew Debo wasn't happening on Friday morning, I mentioned what the offer was. And what's interesting about trade offers is you can actually go in the trade value chart and figure out, like, was it worth it, was it not? So, like, you can look at, you know, let's say one team trades for another player. You can look at the trade value chart and be like, oh, wow, like the Lions got a great deal on their Jamison Williams trade, for instance, whatever it is. Um, and I looked up the, the Jets offer, which was um, it was a 1 and 111 for 61, I believe. And it's not quite the 13th overall pick, so they just didn't view it as a good enough offer. And the Lions' offer was, I think, a one and a three. And they did, and the 49ers didn't view that as a good enough offer. And they wanted to keep the player anyway, so they just didn't trade him. And I think we were all waiting for, like, like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, you know, they can't take him back. And the 49ers are like, yeah, like, well, we didn't get enough. We like the player. We'll fix it. But now it's going to get interesting just as far as how they actually fix it. What needs fixing based on your information? Just the relationship. You know, like, and, and I think when, when a player, so much goes into asking to be traded. And I think, you know, we've talked about his role. He doesn't want to be a running back. We've talked about that. Um, you know, I'd say there was some other issues below the surface that, um, you know, Debo feels some sort of way about. We, you know, we've seen it get fixed in the past. We've seen players, actually the 49ers have had a couple of them. Robbie Gold, I think, was one. Player Raheem Moster was another who asked to be traded then came back. So it's not impossible and Lynch and Shanahan are very charismatic, so perhaps they could do it, but they got to bring Debo back into the fold. And, you know, they've been willing to do a contract. That generally helps people feel better. Like, A.J. Brown didn't want to leave the Titans, just really, really liked the Titans. Eagles gave him a good opportunity, plus a huge bag of money, and that makes sometimes people feel better. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Why didn't Baker Mayfield get traded over the weekend? Uh, there were two reasons for that. One was they couldn't agree on money. They couldn't agree on how the salary would be split. And when we've seen these in the past, which obviously we saw one last year with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, the Panthers were clearly moving on, so they had to deal them. And I think they – I can't remember the exact number. I thought it was split basically down the middle on his, like – you know, 16 or $17 million salary, whatever it was. So one side took half, the other side took the other half. They gave him a late-round pick, boom, Bridgewater traded. The problem here is that he has a little more value to the Browns because they may have to use him or they may have to pretend they might have to use him or Deshaun Watson might get suspended and they might really, really have to use him, which, uh, you know, People are having a hard time understanding, and I 100% agree. However, I would also argue maybe it makes sense for Baker Mayfield to be a starting quarterback again, even with the Browns, to redo his stock. So there's a lot going on here, and I think the Panthers at some point go, you know what, we're just going to take this rookie. Like We're just going to trade up and take this rookie. We're just going to move on from this whole thing. And so that's what they did. So it was the Panthers that had the interest? in. in it was the Panthers, in... yeah. And, and I, didn't, I didn't get the sense that there was any other teams involved, and – you know, we were talking on the broadcast Saturday about the Seahawks. Like, I kind of never got the sense they were in the mix there. Hmm. So what's his option? It looks like he's not going anywhere uh, until, what, he becomes the Sam Bradford for another team that needs him because yeah. their quarterback had a freak accident? I mean, you're banking on a freak accident or, or a suspension 
by you know of Deshaun Watson. That's the those are his two best options. Yeah. To find work. I think I think that's it. Oh, yeah, I mean banking on a freak accident or banking on okay, like this sucks, but I'm going to have to go play for this team again. And it's there's so many like different levels to this. Let's just say the Browns are good. I think they're going to be good. So let's just right. say Baker goes out there for a four games. I have no idea what Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to be, if there is one, but just for the sake of this discussion, let's say it's four games. So then let's say he goes three and one. Might somebody go, you know what? That looks like Baker of old. He's healthy. He's good. He's confident. Maybe I'll trade that guy midseason if I lose my quarterback. Like, it's all good for him, even though it's a bad situation overall. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. Why did A.J. Brown get traded? Because the Titans would not give him a contract that he would sign. You know, I think what their contract offer to him was, it was up to $20 million a year. I remember the Eagles gave him 25 a year, but it was up to $20 million a year, but it was backloaded. So I think the first couple of years were like $15 million or $16 million, something like that. So they wouldn't go up. And the Eagles had actually, like, under the radar, made a pursuit of him. And the Titans wouldn't engage, wouldn't engage. Once talks broke down, it was like, all right, we're either – and I think things really kicked into gear – Ironically, kind of when I found out about it, not that I had any, I'm just saying when I found out about it, like 1 or 2 p.m., this was a really fast deal to get done. But it had to because if you're going to trade for a 1, you've got to do it in time to make the pick. And the Titans needed to be able to replace him. So once it was like, all right, talks are breaking down. We're not going to do this deal. Now we have to trade him because we got to get the pick back. So then it was like really just a mad dash. And they got it done, and he got a really nice deal. He did, and then the Titans were able to draft his exact comp, according to Daniel Jeremiah. So where does you know, this... I thought, I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. I thought that was such a cool part of our show. It was like, as soon as it happened, I could hear Daniel Jeremiah laughing because he goes, this is my exact comp. And I thought it was so a perfect explanation for why it happened, how a team moves on. It was whole thing was very cool. Yeah, I mean, and he did it. Another one happened when Desmond Ritter gets drafted by Atlanta. His comp for Desmond Ritter is Marcus Mariota. You know, <laughs> and so, I mean, he, he that, that happened multiple times during our three days, just a testament to how terrific Daniel is at, at, uh, at evaluating and, and uh, executing his, his vision for, for us as, as a broadcaster. But, um, you know, to see to see this happen, though, where one team's like, yeah, I'll pay a, a, a guy going to his fourth year $25 million bucks, nope, a year. And the other team's like, we're, yeah, we're not doing it. As a matter of fact, we're going to draft his exact comp replacement here and have more contractual control at, at the amount of money that he might earn over the first four years. The deal is exactly the, the annual salary we were unwilling to pay somebody. You know, I, I just find that fascinating to me, that the, this receiver position in the NFL and where it's going. Fascinating to me. I, you know. I am so with you. It's, we've never really seen anything like this, where you have one side firmly convinced that, all right, there's a number at this position I will just not go higher than, even if it's my own guy, who I love, who I drafted, who I could show everyone how right I was for drafting this guy and pay him a bunch of money, and I just believe the value is too high, I'm not going to do it. And then you have another side who goes, I must have this guy. I don't care what I'll pay him. I'll make him the highest-paid receiver and trade draft picks for him because that's how valuable he will be to us. And we're talking about the same player. And, like, there's not a lot of precedent for this where you have 
homegrown players, homegrown players who their team won't pay, but have so much value to the outside world that they can get a first round pick and more and a huge contract to get these guys. Like it is as like diametrically opposed as anything we've seen in the NFL. And I'm just wondering if we're ever going to see it because we've saw we've seen that at running back position for quite some time, and we're kind of seeing it at the receiver position now. I'm wondering if we're ever going to see it at the quarterback spot. And, you know, right now, Kyler Murray's kind of on that clock. I had Steve Kime on the show over an hour ago. There's nowhere to trade. He, he, he couldn't have been more, um, you know, adamant about not trading him and then open to paying him. W- where do you think that actually is uh, in between those lines right now, Ian? As far as just how willing they are to pay him? Yeah, and then at what freight, you know, where, what, what, where does that come in? Like, what's that number now that you know – another quarterback has gotten fully guaranteed over 230 million bucks. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, it's so interesting because like what Steve Kahn doesn't want to do is to be like, well, we think he's awesome, but not quite as good as a bunch of other teams have. Like you never want to do that. Um, it's just hard to, you know, you have to assess a value to it. So my guess is he gets somewhere in the early 40 range. Um, you know, with a chance to to make it to Deshaun, um, but you know, it's one one problem is he has you know his limited playoff experience, limited playoff. I don't think he has a playoff win yet, right? That's correct. Um, yeah. And so, like, he's going to get better, and he's taking this team to a great place. But he also doesn't have a ton of leverage because he's probably not getting traded. Clearly, not getting traded. And if he was, it was going to be before the draft. So my guess is they'll figure on some sort of figure before training camp, but this is definitely one of the harder ones to do. Whereas like, you know, we talk about Lamar Jackson's contract, which I don't think is coming anytime soon. Like hmm. he's a former MVP who's awesome. Like he's probably going to get all of the money with Kyler. Maybe it's a little different, but we'll see how close he gets. And how much before I let you go, uh, we kind of had this discussion on Saturday uh, on live television as well. Might as well have it here. How, how much more complicated does it make things for the Ravens' planning purposes, salary cap massaging purposes, to, to have Lamar not want to take the bag right now and maybe even go franchise tag year to franchise tag year until he feels that he's comfortable accepting the Ravens' generationally enriching contract offer? You know, like well, how, how, how does that affect things based on what you know? It's weird because on one hand, it's great. Like, cheap again this year. Um, Fifth-year option is cheap. Uh, franchise tags, pretty cheap. So, like, on, all right, yeah, that's right. So this year he's going into his fifth-year option. Right, so cheap, and then tags are cheap, and then the next tag is cheap. But it so cash-wise, it's okay. Cap-wise, it sucks because, you you know, the the franchise tag hits the cap all at once. So, like, you can't spread that out like you normally would. But, you know, you have a couple years of cheap. That's kind of not the problem. The problem is, at some point, if he gets free and continues to stay healthy and stays at this level, how high is it going to be? Like, you will have gotten a discount, which is awesome, but at some point you have to pay him. And so, like, that's really the issue is it looms over you that, like, if he does this, if you don't pay him, like, I don't know, $60 million a year or whatever, who knows? Somebody might. So that's where it gets really hard, but not just right now. 
Thanks for the time, Ian. Greatly appreciated. Enjoy whatever time off you might possibly even be imagining having. Enjoy it. You deserve it. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Um, I shopped for a tie for the Kentucky Derby today, um, so I'll be doing that okay. uh, unsuccessfully. And I will uh, I will enjoy it, and it was great hanging out in Vegas with you as well. Right back at you. Thanks for the time, Ian. Go, uh, go. Hopefully you win win some bag in, uh, in Churchill Downs. Enjoy that. Take care. Hold your breath. You got it. <laughs> it's Ian Rappaport, everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Debo going nowhere, guys. What I tell you? What I tell you? It's going nowhere. And we have a new um, fantasy team name, Rap Sheets Theragun. Can you please write that down? Rap Sheets Theragun. It's going might... to be harder to narrow this list down. It's good. I, that's the idea, though, is that we keep on. I mean, it's it's a year-long effort in process. Rap Sheets Theragun, I think it's a good I almost wrote that name. rap with a W. What was the one we had on Friday, Chris? We had a oh, good you had one. one without me here? Yeah, we. I forget who Did it was. Did you not write it down? Thirsty Laker fans. <laughs> Thirsty Laker fans? Thirsty Laker fans. <laughs> They're very parched right now, I'll tell you that. All right, when we come back, phone calls and wrapping things up, set up the rest of the week right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's most fastest, most stable driver ever. And every Rogue ST, that's the speed-tuned, is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which means you get more speed on off-center hits. It provides more forgiveness Thanks to high MOI, but it's just the beginning because Callaway's engineered a Rogue ST for every player. I use the Max, great combination of distance and forgiveness. There's the Max D, the dedicated draw model for players who like to have more shot shape correction. The Max LS gives you something more low spin and stronger trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. The true players out there, though, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS is the one for you. It's the one tour players love. Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go Rogue. Find your Rogue SG driver at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. Um, Al in St. Petersburg, Florida has been hanging on forever in a day. What's up, Al? Good morning, Rich. What's going on, bro? Yeah, good. Three bet Brockman, Dr. El Tufo, Grandmaster TJ. Oh, How you guys doing? Yeah, man. It's a great round the horn. Excellent. So uh, I'm sitting here sipping a brew on uh, St. <laughs> Pete Beach after spending the weekend cheering on my mother and the rest of the Atlanta. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Atlanta Tri Sisters crew as they compete in the St. Anthony's Triathlon. Okay, nice. and I'm sitting here wondering what what do I, I need? I need I need to call in to the Rich Eisen show okay. and and talk to TJ and see 
if he's willing to go a season-long Braves-Mets bet. Ooh. Ooh. Perfect timing because the Metropolitans are <sighs> en fuego, as DP would say. Feeling myself. Best right. team in the NL. you got to say yes. No. I mean, what's the what's the bet first and foremost? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, the yeah. bet is the loser has to spend the day wearing the jersey of the other team. Mm. Now, I understand you have way more of uh, exposure being yes. on television yes. every day, yes. mm-hmm. but I would purchase tickets right behind the Braves and Mets home plate, the Braves last series with the Mets here, and wear a Mets jersey to a Braves game. Wow. And maybe maybe ESPN will capture him like that poor chiropractor <laughs> right? or the Mets Red Sox ga- uh, gather uh, hat and and um, and 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 jersey combo. Right. You got to say yes. You got to say yes. You know, here's the deal. I, I made another bet with a Falcon fan earlier yes. this earlier this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was the Falcons. That was him. Oh, that was you. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's I'm Alan Allen. I'm just in St. Pete. Gotcha. That's where I was. Okay, let's we'll go. do a hat. I have no problem throwing on a Braves hat or something like that. How about a hat for hat for you, jersey for him? Hat for you, jersey for him. That work. Let's okay, do this. Seat. All right, that'll work. I'll work. I like that. Sold. Either one. Done. Hat or jersey. Call us it. back, Al. Call ah. us back. There you go. I love it. You're in good shape. What up? You're bet. in good shape. You're in good shape. I forgot that was him because I got the, the towns mixed You're up. You're in good shape. The Grom's coming back in June, and he'll. I mean, our he'll best ha- player hasn't even played hasn't yet. Even played yet. Let's go. There you go. Yeah, but Scherzer's arm will be dead by like that's, August. That's, that's right. Perfect the, time. The tag for, team. For, you know. You know. One will come out. One will come in. It'll be great. So let me let me let me finish up with this. What do you want in a town that hosts a major NFL event? Oh man, nightlife. Here's what you want. You want you say nightlife. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. that's one thing. Um, good places to eat. Good food. Good places to eat. No Public transportation. Get, no problems. Get a hotel. Yeah, hotel. Easy to get around, to or get at least, around. or easy to get a, a taxi or yeah. a ride or share, Uber, yeah. or well, even even best walking. Walking. Hard for you because your Uber score is so low, but yeah. Well, I understand. That's why, you know, walking's good for me. Um, you want all that. And you want energy. Yeah. Energy. Five. Excitement. Five. My God, is Las Vegas the perfect town for a major NFL event? We've all known it for a long time. We've all suspected it. Okay. We've all suspected it for yeah, some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, a very warm place would have had to have frozen over for something like that to happen. And I guess it must have frozen over because the draft was there and it was superb. And the town, as you might expect, absorbed it, Mm -hmm. absorbed it. It didn't really transform the town in a way. Because there, you still walk around in all these casinos and you saw all these people with their huge lanyards for whatever convention they were there for. (laughs) And and just think about it. I, I'm sitting. I just thought to myself, sitting on the set because the Super Bowl is going there in two years from now. Just sitting where I was sitting, I was on the as you know, right in front of the Bellagio fountains, and to my left is Caesars. When I first went to Vegas, Caesars was a small old hotel. Now it's a massive complex. Huge. Yeah. And across the street is the Paris Hotel, and to my right is the Cosmopolitan Hotel, and catty cornered to my right was Planet Hollywood in uh, Kitty Corner, I guess, to, to my left was the Flamingo. And over the top of some of these hotels, I saw the Mirage and I saw both winds and I saw the Venetian and down the road is the Aria. And there's, I mean, I'm not even touching upon the whole thing. There's this new resorts world that people were yeah, raving yeah, about. World, yeah. yep. And 
That's more. I think I just need more hotel room space than most every town that's ever hosted the the Super Bowl. And the airport is right nearby. You don't have to drive like a 50 minutes. It's not an hour long, 15, 20 mile trek. I mean, it's all right there. Perfect. I finished the draft. I went to go see Sebastian Maniscalco because he started at 10 o'clock at night. Perfect timing. Amazing. If the draft ended sooner, I would have gone to see John Legend. And then want to get to see Maniscalco. You're going to be kidding me. And Lady Gaga was there, and Buble was there up the road for people who wanted to go see him. And you want, uh, and the food was incredible. The restaurants are off the charts. I know I sound like I'm running for yes, you know stumping for mayor or chamber of commerce. <laughs> chamber but, of commerce, that's what I was. Saying. And I didn't even because I'm an NFL employee. I didn't even hit a table. Could you imagine? I couldn't even imagine. Well, you wouldn't have slept. Yeah, you can be. That way. And you so people were coming in from town, out of town. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Vegas and guess what? And best. guess what? The NFL went to Vegas, and you know I haven't checked out anything yet, but the the competition hasn't been completely undercut. It's all still standing, right? Like we're not. There's no scandal. Everything's just standing. Season's coming. The best draft was perfect. I mean, it's, this should be like the the Olympics. Every other year, it goes to Vegas, either the Super Bowl or the draft. Yeah, run it back. Fans would go crazy. They came from all over the place. And I did, did you I see did. the video of the group of buddies that had a Ryan Fitzpatrick yes. jersey from every single <laughs> yeah, team was great. been on? That, yeah, it was great. Like, that type of stuff happens in Vegas. Oh my God, it, it was incredible. So bravo, Las Vegas, Nevada superb a plus and everyone was so excited to have everybody from the nfl there too because they love the nfl that's another thing you want from a town with a big nfl event that'll wrap it up for this monday show we'll see you tuesday